Welcome to another episode of Grill How Long Steak Mister. 14 minutes. Perfect. Uh, we're coming to you live. Uh, well, not live, but uh, we are coming to you from uh, South Lake Union, Seattle, Washington, Studio 212, hosted by the Soundcasting Network. I am Robert Stills. You are... Hello, Echo Hawk. And uh, yeah, sorry for the late post. Uh, usually we come out on Tuesdays, but we will be re- uh, releasing this one on Thursdays. We have some technical glitches. Like, really bad. I'm going to blame this on Hello. Uh, I'm going to blame this on you. <laughs> this is all you. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't know who's... We're going to blame technology. Yeah. This No, this is Adobe. The Matrix. This is sheer Adobe's fault. Uh, I don't know. We said we might call them if we have any more problems. But... Um, yeah, sorry about that, and uh, we thank everybody for sticking with us. Um, I do want to say hello to all of our fans in the 28 other countries besides the United States listening yeah. to us. Uh, Malaysia, what's up? All Whoever's spreading us around Australia, um, thank you very much. Yeah, totally, thank you. Yeah, I mean, we got some listeners everywhere, and everybody in the United States. Uh, yeah, what that one guy in uh, Hawaii, what's his name? He's Chef, always, I cannot remember. He's always calling us out. Uh, Mike, Michael? I don't know. I will give him a shout out because he's always uh, up on our page talking smack about us. Or nice smack. No, good. Yeah. It's good critique. Calling us on our shit. Yes. Uh, we do appreciate that. Uh, we don't have a sponsor yet. We still are looking for sponsors. I think I have a couple meetings lined up. Um, I won't tell them who they are. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, now before we get into it, uh, Hillel has done fucked up shit within the Soundcasting Network. And oh, seriously? Are we going to talk about this? Are we really going to talk about this? <laughs> really? Really? I told you the payback was a bitch. Really? Yeah. So. Okay. Because I don't know if he wants it out. Well. I don't know if he wants it out. I don't know if your boyfriend wants to hear about this. Well, I'm going to talk to him about it. Have you told your boyfriend about this? I have not. I haven't had a chance to talk to him about this. Apparently, Halal has all the swag in the world now that she's at Altura (laughs) and thinks she's dope as shit. I don't think I'm dope as shit. Yeah, her her knife skills brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> oh fuck! So uh, you do have that. You do have that oh. ability to uh, hypnotize men with your kindness and your stare and care. <laughs> that rhymes. But uh, I've seen this happen before. Oh my god! But this time, it you're dipping your fucking pen into company ink. You know what I'm saying? D- I what? Or your ink got dipped? No, there was no ink dipping. There was no ink dipping. Somebody else has clarify. been sharpening your knives. If I <laughs> let me just let me just get that clear, real clear. There was no ink dipped. Yeah, I don't want your boyfriend kicking my ass either. So yeah, What's up? it's all fun and games. We're just joking, but this is not a joke. I'm still upset. I know you're still upset. I love you. I'm uh, truly sorry. Yeah, anybody want to find out what what happened? Uh, hit up uh, hello on our Instagram DM. And <sighs> maybe maybe she'll let you know. All right, let's move on. Speaking of <laughs> your <laughs> fuck you, your restaurant fucking slack. asshole. Uh, Altura, what's up? Altura is it's going okay. It's going the same. Um, I've noticed that my hours have been getting cut. Like gradually slowly now that's i was you know you told me about this and you told me like hey i might have to go somewhere else and you said this is due to somebody else not showing up to work on time 
Yes. Is it? Is it because she's not showing up on time or they're cutting her hours too? No, she is not showing up on time. And I, what did I tell you? You need to go speak with some your chef and let him know and ask, could, do they know that, they're, that she's showing up late? I mean, obviously, if they see on your you know timesheet that you're not coming in on time, they, they would be saying something to you, right? Or it's approved. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it's approved or not, but she is definitely not showing up on time. Um, sometimes I have to wait quite a while. That, that's also a way that they push you out of the restaurant mm-hmm. is they cut you down to not enough hours to survive. That way it looks yeah. like you left on your own accord and they don't yeah. have to fire you. Yeah. So you can't collect so on can't collect them. Yeah. Yeah. A little secret out there. If, <clears throat> if you're wondering why your hours are getting cut, it's because they don't want you there, son. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else? No, that's it. Okay. Uh, honey hole. Hmm. What do I have to say about honey hole? I don't know. Nothing. I, like I was telling you earlier, keep my head down, shut up, let other people cut their own throats. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. They just, a lot of people, I feel like, just got to find something to feel like they're above you or feel like they're your manager. And, you know, friend, friendly critique and all that stuff is is good. But it, we're making sandwiches, man. We're making people smile with big sandwiches. We're not <laughs> reinventing the wheel or doing anything to, you know, uh-huh. get noticed in the culinary world. We're just serving sandwiches. So everybody needs to remember that. You know, some restaurants people work at, they think they're gods on a line. They think they're some great chef. Um, No, you're just making food. Um, Unless you're really running your own place and designing your own menus. That's when uh, that's when I really my eyes start to open. Oh, my God. Look at that menu, man. So awesome. Congratulations. So uh, who knows? I could be fired tomorrow, too. So for now, I still. uh, have a job. Uh, sadly, we are going to be moving on to a suicide in the culinary world. Yes, a tragic, uh, quite a, I think a tragic loss in yeah. the culinary world. Yeah, earlier about three or four probably, days ago. Um, probably a week ago now. Yeah, almost a little over a week ago. Yeah. Um, Chef Benoit Voyer. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. I, I do not, ne uh, pas français. No. Je parle français? Not even a lot. Je parle français yeah. un petit peu. Only word you need to know in French is we oui, chef. Yes, <laughs> that's it. That is, yeah. All right. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the chef? <clears throat> um, Clear that throat. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get ready for this. Wipe those tears away. Yes. Um, so he owned a three-star Michelin restaurant. Um, can you say the name of the restaurant? I cannot do it. It is Restaurant Le Hotel de Vue. Yes. Uh, but but that doesn't trans. Does that trans? Is that the French way of saying it, or is that the Swiss way of saying it? Because it is, it is in Switzerland. No idea. It could be the Swiss French way. <laughs> because you know Switzerland borders the, the, French. the Swiss the Swiss French. Yeah, because they speak in in Switzerland. They uh, speak French, German. Uh, they speak four different languages. In I Swiss. did not know that. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Echo Hawk. You're very welcome, Mr. Stills. Um, and it is in uh, and the it borders the town of Chrisier. Chris, Chris. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that wrong. Chrisier. Yes. Um. And he won the out of a thousand people, or sorry, out of a thousand restaurants. <laughs> 
I guess a thousand people. <laughs> well, um, out of a thousand restaurants in forty eight different countries, countries, he won a uh, best chef restaurant in the world. Yes. Yeah. Which is you know huge. Now he died by uh, was gunshot. Yeah, hunting yes. rifle. He died of a gunshot, self-inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, he was married with one kid. He was 44 years old. Um, he was actually on uh, being picked up by a friend to be taken to the airport to go to France to pick up his award for receiving his three Michelin stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is one uh, held onto a three Michelin star rated restaurant uh, since he's t- taken over uh, the restaurant in 2012. Um, he specialized in cooking wild game birds. Um, yeah, he was uh, definitely a master of what he did, and he was well-respected within the industry. I don't know very much about him. I've heard his name uh, around, but the, the reason why is because he was not a chef uh, who was looking for fame. He was a chef that showed up to the restaurant every day and cared uh, very much about uh, the quality of uh, the restaurant and his food and uh, his customer base. Uh, it was not in a major city. It was, uh, yeah, on the outskirts. What was the saying they said? People definitely definitely didn't come for the for the view. For the view, yeah. yeah they, came, <laughs> they definitely came for the food. Yeah. Uh, his wife did work with them at the restaurant, and uh, she had requested that they open back up the restaurant the day after he was found dead. Mm-hmm. At their home. Mm-hmm. So shout out to her. Um, you know, I respect that. And uh, it just brings up one of those matters as to how stressful a kitchen is. Mm-hmm. One of the quotes out of the New York Times, it says a demigod taken out with the stroke of a pen um, and the industry has unique pressures, self-destructive Um which is so true. Like not only is just the high pressure that gets to you and that can lead to, you know, alcoholism and drugs, which we've talked about before, um, that get, you know, obviously so high that you feel you can't go on anymore. Um, which a lot of chefs and unfortunately a lot of line cooks as well feel that way. Um, I know a lot of people who have, who work on the line, who, you know, have these problems who are depressed and, and they struggle with this. I mean, this, the saying, if you can't take the heat, get your ass out of the kitchen. I mean, that pertains to all sorts of things. And my personal view is that is one of the reasons that I work at the place that I work. I love, 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 love working the line. And I love working with a team and being in the shit and, Busting my ass. That ticket machine sometimes gives you nightmares. Other times it's a sound of joy. Um, yeah. I like, you know, cooking under pressure and, and testing myself, but sometimes it really gets to you and it's, it's really draining. And the fact of the matter that I go to work where I'm at now, I may not got, get pushed um, in the sense of uh, the food that I make and create, but um, I get two breaks a day. I have time to do all my prep. And I'm less stressed when I get off work. I enjoy time with my girlfriend. I'm not out drinking every night. I'm not using hard drugs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as much. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, whatever. Uh, 
but I, it's, I don't have to, to lean on anything. I, I don't, you know, I'm not worried about every day coming into work and, and wondering what kind of shit show I'm left yeah. uh, from the day crew or the prep team. Uh, I'm not worried about my chef yelling at me. Um, but the chefs, def, head chefs and sous chefs definitely see that pressure too. It rolls downhill. I know that I've, you know, I've seen it from head chefs flipping out. Um, yeah. And uh, we lost another chef uh, last year, um, a U.S. chef, uh, Hamaro Cantu. Uh, he was uh, 38 years old. Uh, he was the chef owner of Moto in Chicago. Uh, he, what and, else did he And Ng. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know about his other restaurant. Um, he was from Tacoma, Washita, Washington. So shout out Tacoma, shout, yeah, T Town. It's a town an hour away from Seattle, Washington. Um, he was um, attributed to discovering. I don't know if he discovered the magic berry. I know he made it famous. But, yeah. Uh, if you don't know what that is, definitely look it up. Check it out. It was popular. How long ago? <laughs> couple years ago. Four years ago? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. We won't go into that. We'll just let you figure it out for yourself. Um, yeah, he was a tech chef. He used a lot of technology within his kitchens. Mm-hmm. Uh, he owned six different patents on uh, kitchen uh, equipment. Which is pretty cool. Good yeah. for him. Um, yeah, and uh, if you have, he's got a TED Talks that is pretty interesting about innovation in the kitchen. Uh, but he uh, is somebody that uh, was very respected and uh, admired by a lot of people in the kitchens. And uh, he died uh, from uh, apparently hanging himself. Yeah. Um, so once again, you know, very tragic. <laughs> He's, you know, it's. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I mean the thing about him is he. So he was accused of uh, using funds from the restaurant, uh, the restaurant group, uh, for his other uh, other ventures, uh, such as uh, kitchen innovations, uh, uh, books. Um, yeah, and he was sued, and he actually made it out of that. Uh, you know, he made it away from the the lawsuits that he was getting, but. Uh, I don't know. Apparently a bunch of people left from his kitchen and he, he lost a lot of respect in uh, Chicago for some of those things. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, and I'm not sure why he hung himself. So it's it's just one of those things. Sometimes, you, you know, that's all you know is cooking. And if you feel that your life is over in the restaurant industry, it's going to take a toll on you. A lot of people don't know anything else. That's all they know is cooking. They've been cooking since they were 16, 17, 18 years old, or they spent shit. I don't know. How much is a culinary degree? I don't have one. Um, mine wasn't that much because it costs, I went to a, uh, a, a community college, but um, if you go to like the Art Institute, it's like $60,000. That's not even CIA is, I mean, that's 60000 70000 Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. And then you get out of culinary school and you start at the bottom, mm-hmm. you're not making yet maybe barely above minimum wage. How do you afford to live Yeah, and pay back your student loans? And, and then you're stressed at work and you have a drinking and or drug problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've talked to some of my friends lately who have been in the industry for a long time and they're over it. They're just, I mean, they want to be in the cooking industry, but they don't want, I mean, that's their lives. They basically want to go into the restaurant cook all day, then go home. That way they don't have to deal with any of the stuff outside of work. They don't live in Seattle. 
We're moving out of Seattle. Seattle's so expensive. Yeah, well, they're just focusing on opening up their own, being their own boss. And that's that's hard enough on its own. Uh, because, you know, if you don't and you stay in the industry, you can't find a balance between work and home life. And you, you know, you're drinking and you're doing drugs. Um there's been many suicides, many instances in, in the culinary world of, of drug overdoses. Yeah. Um, it's just a sad thing. And it's sad to hear about these two chefs who seemingly didn't have any problems. Yeah. Everybody said they're happy go lucky. And it was a huge shock to everybody who knew them, everybody who worked with them, everybody who went to their restaurants. And how many people went to uh, Chef Benoit's funeral? Um, about 1,500. 1,500 people. People flew in from all over the world. Um, yeah, and uh, Chef Cantu, his, yeah, I mean, th- I've seen interviews with him, and they his his family said that they didn't see anything coming either. Um, yeah, there's supposed to be a documentary coming out about uh, Chef Cantu at South by Southwest, South by Southwest this year. Um, there's no mention of the suicide in... The documentary, apparently, and there's no mention of the lawsuits. It's specifically about his restaurants and innovation in the kitchen. Uh, So I look forward to seeing that. And I just urge anybody, um, you know, if they have any problems, you know, reach out to somebody. Let let your chef know. Uh, I mean, let one of your management know. They know how stressful it is. They go through it, too. They do. You know, a lot of places will be like, take some time off. Yeah. And if that and if that place will not give you that time Fuck off, em. get out of there. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. So it's just sad to say that uh, sad to see that the industry pushed two great chefs to seemingly uh, in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. A lot of people that I know that are really good at stuff. They, they just they're looking for a way to get out of the industry. And it's sad because I really hope the industry changes and really starts treating people in the kitchen fairly. Oh, fuck. Um, or or maybe it was not self-inflicted. Oh, intrigue. <laughs> maybe uh, organized crime had something to do with it. Quite possibly. Maybe the agro mafia. Oh, what, what, what about the agro mafia? Do you know who the agro mafia is? Uh, you recently found out yeah. about the Agro Mafia. So yeah, we're gonna move on from uh, death in the kitchens to organized crimes in the organized crime in the kitchen. Yeah, Hank Grill. How long take, Mister? Six minutes. Six minutes heard. Um, yeah, apparently uh, the Italian police uh, have uh, nabbed some uh, people. Uh, part uh, part of the agro mafia, uh, they were trying to smuggle in uh, seven thousand tons of fake olive oil into Italy from North Africa, and uh, CBS in sixty minutes did a story on it. Um, I have not seen it, but I have read excerpts and seen uh, short interviews from it. Uh, the Italian police are you know not new to this. They've Mm-mm. apparently have. Um, I mean, this is not new in the industry, but they have trained over 60 police officers uh, in their on their police force <laughs> to taste for taste testing. Uh, they taste it's test so awesome. wine, cheese, bread, uh, olive oil and milk uh, for to find fraudulent um, foods. 
Which, yeah, which is great on so many levels. I mean, leave it up to the Italians, though. I mean, it's part of their, as a police officer, it is your job to taste cheese. <laughs> yeah. And wine, wine. And bread. Yeah. I mean, police officers here, uh, no, no thank Mm-mm. you. It's, yeah. we. I'm sure some of them would love it, but that's not going to ever happen. Ever. <laughs> not even in customs would they do that. <laughs> Yeah, they said most of the olive oil that was that was, you know, being uh, smuggled into Italy was bound for the United States. They said about. um, Yeah, they said about a U.S. has 75 uh, to 80 percent of its olive oil is cut or has fraudulent ingredients in it. Uh, I guess our, our customs agents aren't trained well enough to. No, they don't. They don't really care, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what their deal is, but they, yeah, training is not uh, high quality. Um, yeah, so they mostly been cutting. They, they they either cut the olive oil or they um, label it as something that it's not. Uh, they're cutting with seed oil or canola, canola oil. Um, the problem with that is is that you know people have food allergies, and uh, even if you're using a little bit of olive oil in a dish or a little bit of oil in a dish. And you're, it's not labeled correctly, and you have an allergy. People can, you know, get sick. They have no, no idea why. They can die. Yeah, they said that uh, they use uh, chlor- chlorophyll for coloring. What else? Mm-hmm. What else are they using it? Uh, they use beta carotene. Yeah, as coloring. Yeah. And so they said that the they said that the these these <laughs> mafia members, uh, they're they're going straight to the farmers and they're strong arming the farmers. They are telling the farmers to. Uh, you know, do this and then sell it. So they're, they're so it goes straight to the distributor. So there's no middleman. Yeah. Nothing get fucked up. Um, and these farmers have longstanding uh, relationships with these distributors. So the distributors have no idea. No, yeah, they don't know anything about um, about this extra deal that's happening. Yeah, uh, they're smart with it. Uh, yeah, this isn't new. Uh, I was t- I told Hillel earlier about uh, the the cheese the cheese mafia or the yeah Russian cheese mafia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I had never heard of until you know Robbie told me about these uh, these mafias. Um, but there's six people that are international in the um, Russian. The the Russian cheese mafia. <laughs> yeah, the, the Russian <laughs> cheese mafia. I like the name of that. Which which is kind of awesome. Yeah. And scary all at the same time. <laughs> oh man, I, I missed the um I forgot to write down how much they said they make. They make I think so, around sixteen billion dollars a year. Yeah. Uh, for the olive oil. For the olive oil. Yeah. Um yeah. They um now the cheese mafia, they make thirty they got busted uh with thirty million dollars in fake cheddar. Yes. Or thirty million I don't, rubles. I I saw a million <laughs> dollars. Yeah, uh, yeah. They had faux cheddar. Uh, they also got caught with fake mozzarella that had been bleached. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I hope the bleach is getting rinsed off. Me too, man. Uh, they also uh, are in the business of selling rotten seafood that has been uh, doused in citric acid to mask the smell of its of oh. of it rotting. Oh. I mean, the shit goes on everywhere. Um, the Chinese truffles. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know if anybody. I, I'm sure people have heard of this. Uh, China produces a black truffle um, that looks just like a black truffle from 
the southwest of France. Um, this is about four years ago. They did a big story on this. Uh, but the French have also trained, uh, or they actually have their own uh, institute. It's the National Institute of Agronomic Research. Mm-hmm. And they are trained to smell truffles. Uh, and they can tell by the smell of the dirt. Uh, whether a truffle is fake or not. Would that still be considered terroir? Um, yeah. 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 Um, do you want to explain what that is? Um, I'm not very good with that. <laughs> it's like the uh, the quality of the dirt for wine. Basically, yes. yeah, I guess, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you, some people say they can taste it in the wine. Yeah, uh, they know where that uh, that wine comes from. I, next week, we're trying to get a sommelier from. Uh, I'm not going to say where because we don't have them yet. Yeah, we're trying to get them as a guest on the show. Um, they also, so what they basically would do was they they illegally smuggle these truffles into France from China, and they would mix them with uh, real truffles to uh, try to get them to absorb the smell, or they would just simply spray, spray them with like truffle spray or truffle oil yeah. uh, to try to mask the smell of the dirt from China. Um, now, the advantage of that is um, real truffles from black truffles from France go for 1,000 euros per kilo. The ones from China uh, sell Crazy. for 30 uh, euros per kilo. So you can imagine Crazy. just cutting that maybe a third or a half. You know, that's a lot of um, that's a lot of money. I, I don't know. I guess. So the truffle count coming out of southwest France has been pretty low lately, uh, low due to de- deforestation. Um, so uh, some people are assuming that, you know, the government has something to do with it. Um, definitely organized crime has something to do with it because there's no farmers, truffle farmers. No, it's just all natural. You that cannot no grow people, truffles. Yeah, that no people in China. So they're not hooking up and going, hey, let's mix our truffles together. There's definitely something seedy going on uh, with the truffles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then also something else funky going on uh, in China is no. <laughs> this story was brought to my attention by uh, Mr. Ira Glass from uh, the podcast oh, This American Life. One of the greatest. Yeah, if you are new to podcasts or you just started listening to my podcast or you're not familiar with podcasts, um, there's a great storytelling one um, out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hosted on NPR. It is called This American Life. It is great. I have been listening to it for shit, I don't know, 10 years. God, so long. But they ran a story in 2000. 2013. Yes. About uh, called doppelgangers. Um, if you want to, yeah. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I can almost. Yeah, uh, but they uh, were talking about how they were such the Chinese were selling people pig anuses. Yep. Rectum. Delicious. Uh, but they were selling them as calamari, mm-hmm. and they uh, apparently, if you boil them. Um, they smell and taste just like real calamari. Yeah, which just makes me real wary. Uh, yeah, I would try it. <clears throat> I mean, I would try the fake cheese. I would try the the black truffles. I'm sure you know. I don't. I'm not a big expert on truffles. I've worked with them, but um, yeah. And I'll put I'm, truffles on everything, but I don't think I, I couldn't tell. There's no way. Well, it says that um, the the. Chinese truffles are less veiny, so they're blacker 
They're less veiny and they have a chemical smell. So I don't know. I don't know. Chances are we've all tried. We've all tried this with the pig anuses. They say there's no evidence uh, that it's going on in the U.S. Uh, but there's reports out. They say that uh, most major cities uh, with good uh, food um, backgrounds. I don't know. Yeah. So like L.A., New York, here in Seattle. Uh, it's in the high 40 percent range uh, that, you you know, they're involved in fraudulent food. Yeah. Uh, Especially if you're on a port. Yeah. We had talked about, you know, fake salmon or not fake salmon, but you're you're going in restaurants and you're paying a higher price for salmon that's mislabeled. And we're not saying yeah. a restaurant's doing that, but somebody's doing that. The fishmonger's doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're paying a, a certain price and they have to make up that price price that they're paying for. Yeah. Do you think somebody, a sous chef buys some salmon and is like, yo, I got this good deal on this king salmon or something like that. And then the head chef comes in and goes, you got, you got ripped off. Yeah. That happens all the time. Just be aware and uh, understand, you know, I don't know. You said you buy your olive oil from California now. Yeah. Cause I heard about the olive oil thing um, when I was in culinary school. And so I was like, I don't want to have to pay, you know, a a ton of money for something that's probably not quality. And so, because I'm kind of an olive oil snob. (laughs) So, yeah. And so I'm getting it from California because California has really good olive oil. Yeah, it's pretty interesting stories. We're going to post links up uh, to all of these stories. We're going to have to track some of them down. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll post this American Life. Uh, feed up there oh, for, for sure. that story because it's also a great podcast. Uh, but we're going to move on to uh, ingredient of the wink. The wink. I, wink. <laughs> <laughs> wink. Wink. Uh, it's ingredient of the week. Bam. <laughs> I can't talk sometimes. I get so nervous. My palms are sweating. <laughs> I'm just. Are. I'm just so afraid that this. Uh, this recording is going to glitch up. I know, me too. I'd be so pissed. Oh god, I'd be just so frustrated. Super producer Keith is going to be hella pissed. Right? We get the people want it. They do. Do they? Oh, they want it so bad. Oh god. <laughs> All right, this week we're going to be doing tarragon people. Tell tell them about tarragon. Tarragon is one of the fiend herbs, one of the four. And tell them what you your story about you didn't. You didn't oh, know. Oh, yeah. I couldn't. I, we were talking about tarragon earlier, and and she was like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's one of the fien herbs." And I was like, "Oh yeah, fien herbs," and I couldn't remember chervil. Mm-hmm. I, I could so shamed. I could picture it, and I could see it in my mind's eye, but I couldn't. Nobody ever uses it ever. I mean, that's about it's all. Like, I like. I'm sure somebody will post something on our page about, like, oh, you can use it in this. It's used in this. And it's like, I, I mean, it's pretty looking. It's gorgeous. I don't know if it has very much taste to it, though. It's not. It has, you know, it has a little bit of flavor, but it's not any. I mean, it's used in a lot of herb salads. That's the only time I've ever really seen it. Not really a salad guy. <laughs> Although I did make a bomb salad last night. You did. That sounded delicious. Dude, fennels and sauteed fennels and then chill them. Fennels? I said fennels. I, thought, I, I swear I heard fennels. Whatever. We'll have to listen back to the recording. Uh, with Granny Smith apples is a killer combo in a salad. Good. Sounds delicious. No cheese in this salad either, which I, I always put cheese in my salad, but not this one. Yeah. Okay, so back to tarragon. Would you like to go first, Miss Echo Hawk? Uh, yes, I would. Thank you. Um, okay, so I'm going to make a pasta. So, you know, get pasta of your choice. Um, start your water for that. 
I'm going super simple. Get a ton of olive oil. Heat it up. Get some shallot and garlic. You want to brown that shallot and garlic in the olive oil. Um, Add the tarragon pretty close to when the um, pasta is done. And then add the pasta straight from the pot into the um, olive oil and garlic and shallot, um, salt and pepper to taste. And there you go. Delicious. Okay, I'm going to be doing a mushroom tarragon sauce. Uh, Now, this is a sauce to accompany pasta and or any kind of meat, uh, protein, not fish. Maybe you could do it with a fish, but a red meat. Um, Basically, what you're going to do, you're going to need butter, tarragon, uh, flour, a little bit of flour, about a cup and a half of creme fraiche or sour cream. I urge you to get creme fraiche. I don't know where you can buy creme fraiche. Uh, I'm, I think I've seen it in stores. Not like, but not like a regular like specialty store. I'm pretty sure I've seen it in Safeway. All right, yeah, uh, yeah, creme fraiche or sour cream, a little bit of mustard, a little bit of sugar, and salt and pepper to taste. Uh, any kind of mushrooms you'd like to use. I wouldn't use some of the fancier ones, but just button mushrooms or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to slice those up. You want to saute pan uh, hot, super hot. Uh, throw in, I don't know, a couple pats of butter. So, yeah. t- tablespoon, half a tablespoon? I would do two. Two? Whatever. Um, saute <laughs> off those. Well, I'm just saute off those mushrooms. Get a little <laughs> bit of color on them. Uh, pull out the mushrooms, leave whatever. Um, butter and shroom sauce you have left in the pan. Uh, Throw in your other ingredients, uh, except for the tarragon. I forgot to say the amount of tarragon. You're going to want a handful of tarragon uh, that's stripped off the stem. Oh, I forgot to say. Yeah, Yeah, you want to strip it off the stem. Uh, You can mince it up, but you want to start with a handful. I would recommend leaving it whole. Um, You want to keep that out, but you want to throw in your flour, your creme fraiche, your mustard, and your sugar. Um, You want to bring that up to a let it reduce down just a little bit. Um, and then you want to throw in your meat drippings from whatever kind of meat you are using. Um, if you're not using, if you're just using it as a sauce, I don't know, pasta water mm-hmm. or maybe some chicken stock. Um, just a little bit. Good good splash or two. A meow meow, as <laughs> Amy would say. Well, meow. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you want to get that going back up. Add your salt and pepper. Throw in your tarragon. Make sure you always throw in your herbs last. Um, and taste it. It should taste pretty fucking good. Sounds delicious. I don't, I've don't. i made similar sauces like this, but I don't know if I've done a mushroom tarragon sauce. Straight off the dome, son. That's how we do here at uh, Grow How Long Steak Mister. Yeah. Three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Nice callback. Okay, that's going to be our episode. Once again, sorry for the lateness of the show. We will try to be more on time. If this were a restaurant, we'd probably be written up. For sure. Yelp would be all over us. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, I want to thank all the listeners who have been supporting us lately. Keep listening. Keep following. Keep subscribing. Uh, Try to comment a little bit more. We're going to try to get back to you guys often. Um, I want to thank uh, Soundcasting Network for hosting us. I want to thank Studio 212 for letting us record here. And uh, we will see you folks next week. Uh, Yeah. Bye. Bye. Grill. How long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.